I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, I'm Sarah Pascoe. Hello, I'm Carrie Adloyd. And we're weird about books. We love to read. We read too much. We talk too much. About the too much that we've read. Which is why we've created The The Weirdos Weirdos Book Club. Join us! A space for the lonely outsider to feel accepted and appreciated. A place for the person who'd love to be in a real book club, but doesn't like wine or nibbles. Or being around other people. Is that you? Join us. Check out our Instagram, at Sarah and Cariad's Weirdos Book Club, for the upcoming books we're going to be discussing. You can read along. And share your opinions. Or just skulk around in your raincoat like the weirdo you are. Thank Thank you for reading with us. We We like reading with you. This week's book guest is Persuasion by Jane Austen. What's it about? Persuasion is about Anne Elliot, who years after breaking off an engagement, finds herself having to encounter her ex and he's even fitter and wealthier. What qualifies it for the Weirdos Book Club? Well, the truly strange thing about this novel is that at the age of 27, Anne is considered really bloody old to still be on the shelf. In this episode, we discuss Lyme Regis, Prince George, Slippy Cobstones, Hot Looks and Sailors, and Hot Men Writing Hot Stuff Down in Hot Letters. And joining us this week is Andrew Hunter-Murray. Andrew is a polymath of talent, a QI elf, a globally famous podcast host with his award-winning show No Such Thing as a Fish, and a Sunday Times best-selling author with his books The Last Day and The Sanctuary. His new book, A Beginner's Guide to Breaking and Entering, will be published in 2024. Thank you for joining us, Andy. Thank you for having me. We're so excited you're here. When this author came up, there was only one person we could think <laughs> yes. that could have possibly studied her at Oxford in the level that you have. Right. I know for a fact that you know at least two people who've done that, <laughs> but yes. Yeah, yeah. but just for our listeners, I mean, you don't have a casual interest in no, Jane Austen, you're not e- some... either of you. Yeah, no, that's true. You've made that's quite a lot true. of money out of... Uh... We have dug up that corpse and improvised <laughs> on top of it for mm. some time. Because that's my, my first question to you both, really. Oh, is, yeah. And I think lots is it, of people. Where listening... is Ostentatious available to watch? It's on at the Arts Theatre every Monday, Sarah. Okay. Okay. My second question, <laughs> and I think lots of readers, yeah. if they were discovering Austin for the first time now, hmm. if they were forced perhaps yeah, yeah. to read for school or level, syllabus, I think. Yeah. Is she funny? <gasps> yeah. Go on, Andy. She's very funny. She's so funny. And that, in fact, it gets funnier the more you read it. That's yes. the really interesting thing. Yes. There are some gags which are obvious, and there are some gags which are just pure character moves, and mm. there are some which are so subtly layered in that actually we went to it we went to an event um where they were reading the whole of pride and prejudice at oh bath goodness, library yes over the course In- of about three days including some of the cast of the best adaptation the 1995 bbc pmp yes so mr, mr. bingley mr um, bingley what's his name crispin bonham carter crispin bonham carter Correct. some relation rachel yeah. paris got uh, picture yeah. next to him we were so excited <laughs> i had no idea this was gonna be such a dweeb of <laughs> no, no. So, uh, i don't know why you're surprised <laughs> all of us are reading it and i think a few of us oh, yeah, read a chapter reading, each yeah. and mm. it, you know and the weird thing is more jokes came out of the text as as we read it a live reading i'd already yes. read it a couple of times by the that point and yet when you read it really closely, it gets funnier and funnier because the author is always, she's always in there, or the narrator rather, she's always in there gently reminding you of her presence and observing things that you can observe too, if, you, if you're minded to. It's constant observation and yeah. it's constant character observation and watching people and then stand up. <laughs> stand up. But what, but what I would say, we're dealing with persuasion today. We are dealing with persuasion. Sure. Is, this is far bitchier. 
in those character observations than oh, Pride, Pride and Prejudice. I fe- I felt like she liked she twinkled. It was that kind of comic. Yeah, I know what you mean. She's a stand up comedian. Whereas this one, she was. There's a couple of people she absolutely she roasted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She roasted them. This is the last novel she wrote. Yeah. It was completed. She was dead when it was published. Yeah, it was published in December 1817, along with Northanger Abbey, six months after her death. And she died at 41, which is younger mm. than me. That's so your, too your age, carry out. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I need to write some more books. Um, also, imagine the weirdness of getting persuasion. And Northanger Abbey. And Northanger Abbey at the same time, which she wrote when she was about 17. I thought that. I was it's like, a, you'd be like, this author's <laughs> really weird. It's a slightly sort of kooky gothic comedy but so i read another interesting thing that most of her novels she revised and revised and revised apart from persuasion which was written in the last two two to three years and she did oh, edit it so she would have revised this so had she Pride and Prejudice was writing for like 10 years so like this was yeah. like only for about two years and they still have some of the edits and you can see like handwritten what she was how she was refining the comedy and refining mm. the the writing basically but this was the last one and yeah it's always it's famous for being her most mature novel and, mo- you know, it is about older characters. It is about older romance. That We'll come back to that. Yes. Older word. Yes. But yes, compared to Pride and Prejudice, I would say Pride and Prejudice is frothy. It's champagne. Mm. It's delight. It's joy. This is... A Negroni. A Negroni. A yeah. dark whiskey. Yeah, like it's it's um, dark and stormy. It's it, rum. It's someone who's had too many drinks, guys. Yeah, and it's like, gone, let me tell no, you. No, no, I like her. I like her. What I don't like is the freckles. I don't yeah. like... She's got that tooth... What's that? What's going on with her wrist? Yeah. Her description of Mrs. Clay. Oh, I was like, God, yeah. you'd be cancelled now for saying, <laughs> for yeah. saying, oh, this person is not just unattractive. Let me list their faults. <laughs> there are some really so funny, rudeness in there. Yeah. And in fact, it's got, I think, one of the only really, really cruel comments in the whole of Austin's canon, which yes. is about a, a mother who's, who's lost her son at yes. sea. And, and she oh says, my God, she yeah. says yeah. with a woman this fat, she should be much jollier. That character who is dead, who we hear of a couple of times via his mother's grief, Mm. And Jane Austen's narrator saying, yeah. "Nah, it's rubbish." He wasn't. He wasn't. He wasn't much. Well, good. I. Was, yeah. Well, it's a dick joke actually as well. <laughs> um, I mean, I didn't know she that covers they, all bases, guys. I didn't know they did dick jokes back in the day, but his name was Richard. Yeah, they did. They They'd did. Been calling him Poor Richard. Yeah. Poor Richard been nothing better than a thick-headed, unfeeling, unprofitable Dick Musgrove who had never done anything to entitle himself to more than the abbreviation of his name. Living or dead. Yeah. Their son died. Don't care about that. He was rubbish. That's what she says. And I was I I, I was so shocked. You you tricked us. You said, Is she funny? And we went, Yes, and then you've brought up all the things she said oh. that should be cancelled. Yes, there, there are more there are more jokes in persuasion which would get a kind of um, a, a, a Jimmy Carr style yeah. laugh than a ooh. Yes. You know? yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the thing with Austen often is that you have these concentric circles of reality uh, and character depth. The heroines are the are obviously the most real people. They're drawn with the mm-hmm. most depth and warmth, and the and they're often their close family are drawn with a, a similar amount of warmth. Mm-hmm. Not really in this case. And then yeah. you get these concentric circles of more and more absurd characters around them stretching into the distance. Yeah. Which Pride and Prejudice is a classic example. Of yeah, like exactly. Lizzie Bennet, you like, and then the parents are mental, and then the other characters yeah. are. Exactly, the Reverend Collins, nut job. Lady Catherine de Bourgh, really nuts. You know, and they're allowed to be comic characters the further away they are from the sort of iron core of the the novel. Lots of the family are just in that slightly more absurd outer circle. Because her, so much of it is about her father, Sir Walter Elliot. So vain. Well, it's so funny. I mean, I didn't think that people, that men at the time, yeah, yes, had such. An important uh, place, such importance on their appearance. Yes. But from the very first page, Sir Walter. It's the first thing you know oh, about no, him is he say, doesn't read books. It, it yeah. says, um, he's so vain. Vanity <laughs> was the beginning and the end of Sir Walter Elliot's character. Vanity of person and of situation. <laughs> Just, I love. Few women could think more of their personal appearance than he did, nor could the valet of any new made lord be more delighted with the place he held in society. It's just like it's so damning. I oh, know. But then it's but it's not just oh he likes how he looks. He's so judgmental about all men, oh, he, especially and sailors. And when he goes to Bath, he keeps calling women frights yeah. down the street, saying there aren't enough pretty I women. I read an interesting thing that he, which I, I don't know if I agree with, was supposed to be a metaphor for Prince George. 
the region. That is this character that is it wasn't vain, too vain, and that's spoiling the country, and that's a problem. And he he doesn't support the navy, which apparently Prince George was very rubbish at. And then when they defeated Napoleon, he took the credit, whereas everyone was like, "It was the navy, mate, not you." Well, two of her brothers were in the navy. Yes. So that ending of the book, where it's like this one goes out to all the troops, <laughs> let's hear it for the boys, <laughs> and and the fact that so often they kept talking about you know the great characters of the navy. Well, it's big whereas time the dad, navy. The dad is keep saying things like, "Oh, they should all be knocked on the head." Well, yeah, because they're so. They, like, there's this thing about an admiral who's looks sixty two when he's only forty. <laughs> I know because the vanity. And then, but there's a whole passage which is not a character; it's the narrator. Oh, talk, when she goes on about the navy. But well, how all jobs make you ugly. That bit. That, that bit. I'll find it for you. I think that's a character. I think it's. It is a character. You're right. Maybe it's uh, Anne's no. older sister. So oh, Elizabeth. Or it might be Mrs. Clay. Oh, it's Mrs. Clay, the uh, the manipulative hussy of the book. Oh, Mrs. Clay. I loved Mrs. Clay, and then she sort of has to like mysteriously get yeah removed every now and again when she can sense everyone realizes she's trying to shack up with the dad. She <laughs> does seem to be. Yeah. It's page twenty one, so it's pretty okay. early on. It is Mrs. Clay. And she's saying, I've been long convinced, though, every profession is necessary in its turn. For those who are not obliged to follow any, who can live in a regular way in the country, choosing their own hours, following their own pursuits, and living their own property without the torment of trying for more, it is only their lot to hold the blessings of health and good appearance. (laughs) Don't get a job. Are you going to get ugly? She says. And all you know about her, she's covered in freckles. Yep. And considered very unattractive. Well, it's interesting as well because the Navy at that time, again, this is something I was reading, was is a meritocracy. So someone like Captain Wentworth, who we haven't mentioned, the dashing hero of the piece, yeah. Captain Frederick Wentworth, is able it's to... Not, it's not my hero. Not your hero. Okay. But he's able to make his money in a way that her father... Is oh, completely of the baronet, is, yeah. you know, inherited in, wealth. Um, and... The Navy at that time, you could get prize money. That's what her brothers did. They made prize money. They shared it with their other sailors. So this is a whole new class developing, yeah. which, which that Anne is pro. And Anne is, and also those people had just won. But the other characters the are, quite, are kind of sniffy about. Oh, yeah, it's definite sniffiness. But it's interesting that our character, Anne, who, you know, Jane's voice in this is... Is, is not sniffy about it and is pointing out like we just won a war yeah. we just stopped the French invading us because of these men and oh. so so Walter d- explicitly says yeah. I disapprove of the Navy yes. because you might you don't know who you're going to have to salute yeah. And yeah. you might have to salute someone whose dad your father you. wouldn't yes. have given the time of day to yeah. Yeah. this is outrageous says. so it's interesting that again this is why I love Jane Austen because it's funny it's thoughtful and un- woven in very subtly mm. it's a complete class debate going on of like what does it mean to be you know part of a, a society a hierarchy and we have this person you know her father who is uh, you know it, everyone should if that you know doff their cap to him but he's vain and stupid and useless also he's run out of money he's so got his, no so his money. snobbery <laughs> about people who have gone out and worked for a living and not just worked worked honorably and you know Saved us from Napoleon yeah. and inverted commas. Um, uh, that's the <laughs> no, phrase I no, use. Hang on. <laughs> I mean, he did. He did we, save us from Napoleon. Is this a pro-Napoleon podcast? Because I would never have said yes to a period. <laughs> I support the this. troops, all the troops, both sides. Okay, so, <laughs> so, we'll be recording from a small island the in the threat, Mediterranean. That, sorry, this is now mm. a complete tangent, but that was the big threat that Napoleon posed, mm. particularly in England, was that he represented a more merit- meritocratic. Yeah. Or, in, I mean. As ever with dictators, yes. they all go tonto and then might try and make their sons the subsequent mm. dictator. But Napoleon, in the early days, was seen as a meritocrat, and yeah. and, fr- and France post revolution was not a safe place for yeah. people who didn't hadn't worked to achieve their station mm. in life. So that is a, an interesting sort of side point to but, this. But the point about money and Jane yeah. Austen often does this to show us weak men. Mm. Same with Elizabeth Bennet's yeah. father later on with the Mister Smith that we hear about, but. You know, our main vain character can't afford to live in his house anymore. And, and won't sell it out of pride. Won't solve the problems. Yeah. Yeah. And and is still so proud that and is making other people sort it out for I him. know. And the fact that he's he's sort of he read so he can't you know, if you haven't read it, he can't afford to stay in his house, so they rent it out to an admiral. But they have to sort of trick him and manipulate him into it so that it's sort of an admiral that's okay, even though he's an admiral, because everyone, he's sort of polite and, he, you know, everyone likes this admiral. There are really funny bits where yeah, really funny. the poor land agent, the kind oh, yeah. of guy who's actually running the estate, <laughs> Mr Shepherd, oh, is having yeah. to persuade Sir Walter, firstly, that you have to rent out your house, and yeah. secondly... Well, obviously, we won't advertise it. You know, we yeah. will sort of let it be known that if someone wants the great privilege of renting out your house and saving your bacon, 
maybe we'll let them do it. Yeah. But, with with a know. number of restrictions. <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. You won't be allowed to go into the pleasure garden, of no, course. And you, you won't be able to go into You can't look at those yeah. flowers and you can't go in that bit. What, it's so, really funny. What I love later on is when the tenant is reflecting on his time at the house yeah, and yeah. how many mirrors the guy has. Yeah, in yeah. Oh, yes. Because he, he, he talks about like um, Sir Walter's changing room, doesn't he? He's like, oh, we had to get rid of all those mirrors. It was a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit much. And they're like, yeah, and they sort of assume it's one of the girls, don't they? And mm. like, Anne is a bit like, oh, God. He's a he's a fantastic character, Sir Walter. Brilliantly He's drawn. so funny. He's and the book so starts funny. with him. He is in yes. a way the main character. Not not really, but it's his he sort of sets up the initial the world. debate. And yeah. the world and the world yeah. and the questions that Austin's looking at, particularly in this one. Because there all of Austin's novels are dealing with similar questions, but yes. some sometimes particular ones are more sharp. But um, we, yeah, we also need to find her family flawed so that the decision she made eight years ago when she turned down the suitor, which is, you know, the romance, which is my next question, is this a romance? Yeah. If you find it romantic. So we have to judge them as people who would make wrong decisions or would, yeah. that Anne's right and they're wrong. But then it's what I love about, I love about Jane Austen, right, I think she's a genius, is you have this horrible father character, these awful sisters. So her older sister, sort of, you know, also vain and, and just has slipped into the role of mother. Her younger sister, Mary, married this other person and thinks she's better than everybody. Eight years ago... Anne had an engagement offered and she was... But she was in love more or less. She was in love. She was in love and an engagement was offered as well. And she was persuaded to turn it down, not particularly by the awful family, but by a dear family friend. Lady Russell is Lady Russell. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah. And and that's what I think is so good about Jane Austen because it would be, if it was just like, oh, my dad told me to say no to Captain Wentworth because he was poor and a sailor and uh, my dad's an arsehole. It's like, well, that's one, that's the kind of level of storytelling. Like, okay, fine. But what she does is gives that decision to someone that Anne loves and cares for mm. and is respected. So you see the torment of like mm. my replacement mother, my mum dies at 14, my replacement mother, who is the only member of my extended family who thinks I'm worthy thinks I'm interesting but she, but, cares but, but about Lady me Lady Russell was protecting the family's status yes it wasn't about you know happiness no no it was just but, she, but as Anne says she was she was wrong even though Anne is very polite about it and it's like oh it was still the right decision and you know I, I, I she doesn't go around to Lady Russell being like fuck you well, you ruined my life she doesn't bear she doesn't bear a grudge no. and that's really interesting because yes. again Austin's heroines I think there's there are loads of ways you can divvy them up but one mm. of the key things about Austin's heroines is they're either usually flawed or pretty well flawless. Yes. So Elizabeth Bennet is flawed. She has to overcome her, her mm. judgments of Darcy and and so on. So, uh, But then you've got someone like Fanny Price in Mansfield Park yeah. who is, doesn't really put a foot wrong for the whole novel. Yeah, yeah. And I think Anne Elliot probably is in the flawless camp as well. Although I'm interested to hear you I say that you think she's flawed. flawed. Yeah, yeah. I do. do. What flaws do you think she has? Well, this is what I found, having read it the first time, years ago I when we were in ostentatious every Monday at the Art Theatre <laughs> um, I read it much more as like a typical Austin woman who's very lovely and genteel and reads books and is kind and her family just almost Matilda her family mm. don't notice that she's in the wrong family mm. but rereading it I was like, she describes so much all the time that her family are judgmental and this. She's so quick to judge people. Now, she does it in a really intelligent, funny way. <laughs> but she often is wrong about people. And there is a bit at the end where um, I think it's Wentworth or Mr. Elliot says, like, that your expectations are too high to her. And she, she often, her description of what she expects of people, even though I'm not saying... <laughs> I'm a fan of Anne. She's kind, but the way that her, I think her standards are almost perfectionist. Mm. And actually, I, I think I'm more in the Andy camp where I think the way that the narrator oh, tells us, <laughs> the way that the narrator tells us yeah. that Anne is worthy feels unrealistic. Even to the oh, point okay. that her rejecting Wentworth, which was a mistake in terms of her own happiness and his own worth. And she's had to live with it for eight years. And actually, if this was a realistic book, she'd never get him back. They still go, isn't it better to be persuaded than jump off a wall twice and break your head? <laughs> it's like, come on. I've been to that cob. <laughs> I've been to the we cob. We went to the cob. We had a gig down in Lyme Regis and we all went and took pictures. You? Is it as fashionable as the back of this book tells me? <laughs> it's, this it, is, it's, <laughs> it's exciting. But we were in Regency dress on the cob, joking yeah. around. Then we all went, actually, let's get off. This is a bit scary. Yeah. It's very high. It's really Did high. Did anyone think you were ghosts? No, it's library. Just lots of people look <laughs> dressed in Regency gear. So let's 
talk about Anne and Captain Wentworth. Okay. okay. So number so, one, she's 28 and they're acting like she's 105. Well, in Regency but, times, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That is yes. 105. But yeah. that is basically the huge thing in the novel that at 28, it's over. You're on the shelf. Time's up. You didn't marry in time. And it's quite a big thing that her younger sister is married over the older sisters. Yeah. Yeah. So for her and Elizabeth, that is a bit embarrassing. Galling. It's yeah. galling. Even though she, as we find out, actually rejected her sister's husband. Yes. So he wanted to marry her. <laughs> and all her, and all his family keeps saying, we wish she'd married you because your sister's such a pain in the arse. <laughs> and also they seem to get on really well. They get on really well. But she didn't She didn't want to take him on. Fair play. He's a bit of a bit annoying. Charles Charles Musgrove. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he's, he's a kind of gently benevolent, but slightly, yeah. slightly he's inadequate. He's, yeah. he's not up to... A- and intellect. She, does, she tells yeah. us he doesn't read, which is the pointer in this yes. book. She, she either yeah. tells us a character reads lots, but too much poetry, or <laughs> they don't read. Yeah. yeah. And so or- Charles, we know, doesn't read, but he's all right. So yeah. Anne is, so she rejects Captain Wentworth at a point in his career when he's basically not very rich. In their he 20, goes, yeah. In their 20. He goes away to sea. He ends up fighting a lot of battles, getting a lot of money, coming back, and everyone's like, oh, shit. And then he bumps into Anne. They have this moment of like, but it's so painful because yeah. it's Austin times that nobody says oh my god I haven't seen you for ages they just have to not have conversations while being aware of each other in the room and the narrator stresses that <sighs> lots of people don't know that they were attached yes, no historically one knows. it's only their uh, Anne's father and older sister yeah, not even, both, even yeah. her younger sister doesn't know about it no, and on yeah. his side it's only his brother who's now left the country so it's yes. a completely unacknowledged relationship and yes. nothing is sexier which, which it has to that. be it's, like, do you it's think so, it's sexier it's so the the I find it heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking, yeah. but and that's what makes you turned on. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it, the in terms of romance the, because the, 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 all her previous novels, it's about whether a character, two characters will or won't yes, get together. Yes, yes, yes. Here, the fact that two characters so nearly did, they so nearly formed, yeah. and, and they're so right for each other. They love it. They love each other. They loved and it's love not, each other, yeah. and yet it it didn't work and it, yeah. it is heartbreaking it's oh. it's really and so the, there's a there's a really yeah. beautiful quote on page 59 which oh, yeah, I've got one. i mean feels just as modern because it's all exes really once so much to each other now nothing oh and, and, and then um, now they were it. strangers nay worse than strangers for they could never become acquainted it was a perpetual estrangement so that's the situation she set up for us. Is, Listen to this one. Yeah. She'd been forced into prudence in her youth. She learned romance as she grew older, the natural sequel of an unnatural beginning. Well, that's so fascinating because that's the lodestone of this book. So there's a little quote next to it, a little number. So Cassandra, when she read the first draft of this, so Jane Austen's sister, oh, yes, yes, yes. she wrote next to that, like, oh my God, like this is so heartbreaking. Oh. This is the thing. Because this is what Jane Austen's story. This is, that's what we need to talk about. So this is what happened so to Jane. So that's the quote. Jane Austen fell in love yeah. and was sort of connected to Tom Lefroy mm. and his family said, she's got no money, you can't do it. And they broke it off. And this is the fantasy of a, Every, fo- of a 40 year old. Yeah. Yeah. But I think yeah. that's what I love again about Jane Austen. I think she's telling, like all good writers, the same story over and over again. And this could be viewed as pride and prejudice if they didn't get together and it was like eight years on. If mm. they'd met and it hadn't happened. And oh, then they oh, found if she had later. allowed herself to be steered away from him. Yeah, if she'd gone, reason. yeah, if someone had said, oh, Darcy's awful and she didn't. But I think she's always telling the same story, which is her story. And it is this heartbreaking that she she didn't marry again. She never found, you know, that kind of romantic happiness. And so, of course, who better to write these novels that make us believe that even if after eight years and he comes back rich, he won't have married someone else. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think the story she's telling again and again is a fantasy about men, which is if you are a good enough woman, they don't move on. So Wentworth mm, yes. does have this whole mm. speech about... Yes, yes. <laughs> You know, it was just you, and I've only loved you for eight years. He would be riddled with venereal disease. <laughs> Come on, he's, he's, a been, sailor. he's been away. He's been on ship. He's, he's had rich, he's had handsome, the icon of her. Charming. No, I <laughs> I believe Lord. in Wentworth. Yes. Even if some oh, of us are on this I table, don't. I believe in Wentworth. I do, you believe I in Wentworth? I do. I do. Have you and ever it... met a man, Andy? <laughs> Andy's met him. He's basing it on his, his own gallant self. It just seems likely. Um, I I know what you mean. I do. It's funny because. I think it's inevitable we will try and put our interpretation yes, of because we know about what happened in Austin's life. Yeah. And I, I'm sure that some of that went into it. I don't I don't know if she and Tom Lefroy were I don't know how close they were. Were they engaged yes. and then It was it was a you know, Regency engagement were they fully of like engaged? No, it weren't fully. I think they were promised. Yeah. And it was a, and then his family basically. I think said they no. wanted to yeah. Yeah. his family and then he was the Lord. She was Chief engaged. Justice. She was engaged 
to someone else with a mad name. Mr. Mr. Harris Bigwither. Harris yes. Bigwither. She could have been Jane she, Bigwither. She, that was for 24 hours and she yeah, woke it off. She accepted She, he, she accepted the day and thought. then woke up. And but was she like, was no. never regretting that. No, that Harris Bigwither. <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, imagine poor Harris Bigwither's book. I know. <laughs> it's really it's He really became an incel. <laughs> uh, he started using um, neurolinguistic programming to <laughs> manipulate girls into bed. It's, yeah, I wonder how much of... Austin's real life did make it into particularly this story because we know it's about someone who had a mm. connection and then it was broken off. Also, I mean, she was also just a, a brilliantly creative person also, and this was her, pal- her palette, palette her, she was drawing her, on. So, her you sister, know. Cassandra, was betrothed and the fiancé died at sea. Yes. So I think it was for both of them there was this pain yeah. of reflecting back on a life when you think nothing's going to happen for you mm. now. And the powerlessness of women at that time, it, that's it. You know, once his family said no, that's it. That's the end of that engagement. But the, but Austin had her Austin's creative life. Yes, makes her very different to al- oh, almost yes. all women mm, at yeah, the time. Yeah. And um, Amy from Ostentatious and I, we visited uh, their house at Chawton. Oh yeah, and um, it's where she was living with her sister and her mother in the later years of her life. I mean, not later because she died at forty-one. But they they lived there. Austin worked on her books. There were sort of they had lots of family connections. They had one of their the Austin siblings have become incredibly wealthy and lived down mm. the road. Yeah, one of been, the brothers, yeah. I think it's Edward. He, yeah. He'd basically been adopted by the Knight family and yes. he had become mega rich. As in, they were they were so... So Austin visited, she was a devoted aunt to those children and she, she had a big influence on their lives. And this might be me just desiring mm. <laughs> a <laughs> happy settled state yeah. for Austin, but she, she and her... Her immediate family were in a pretty good place. Oh, Andy, I know, what, I know what you're saying, but the woman who wrote this book, her heart is not yeah. happy. <laughs> well, <laughs> this actually, is not. Well, actually, there's a question that the introduction of this book poses, which maybe you two could tell me how you feel about it, which is that even if Wentworth and Anne didn't get together, that Anne would have been happy, and that that is sort of suggested mm. in her life. Yeah, I do think which that would sort of ring. Yeah, true what I know. Saying. Yeah, I think there's. That's why again, I think the character of Anne is is interesting because you're not reading someone who will be completed by Wentworth. She has completely accepted that that love is gone. She's never going to have it. There are yeah. other people that she, that want are interested in her, but she's, she's like, just no. playing piano in the corner, unnoticed. Her little <laughs> <But> she, fingers <laughs> racing she up reads and down. Her poems, and she's happy. And I, I definitely think she's not looking for a man to complete mm. her. No. She's a fully formed character herself, but she loves Wentworth. She, that's the, the sort of irrationality it's, versus rational. But what, but what we don't get told yeah. in this book, which we do get told a lot in Pride and Prejudice, is that where, where are the daughters going to go when Mr. Elliot inher- yeah, yeah. inherits their house? She doesn't yeah, have a true. plan. No, that's well, true. but she ne- does have the Musgroves. It's never raised as Jeopardy, though. Yeah. It's never raised as a, as a Well, Lady Russell concern. is her friend. The Musgroves like her. You definitely get the feeling there's a network of support. She'll sofa surf. She'll sofa surf. <laughs> Jill Hornby is a writer who's mm. written, she's written a book called mm. Miss Austin, which is about Cassandra in later life. Okay. And it's looking back uh, along the, the vista of her life and to, to when Jane was alive. And it's about, because um, Cassandra burnt basically yes, all the correspondence yeah. between the two of them. So we'll, we'll we'll never really know what they what they said to each other. And that would have been the most open. It's sisters. It would have been, why have you got my shoes? <laughs> have you seen my mascara? <laughs> um, I just want to read, oh, this is depressing, yeah. but it just for me, talks of the tension that, Austin's characters have because you're right they are happy they're okay and they're also broken which I think is humanity Mm. so um (laughs) that's my take Wentworth says to her Mary that that you were so altered he should not have known you again and Mary says Mm. this really casually and Anne is like what and so she doesn't say anything to Mary she's like all right an altered (laughs) bond beyond his knowledge Anne fully submitted in silent deep mortification Doubtless it was so, and she could take no revenge, for he was not altered or not for the worse. She had already acknowledged it to herself, and she could not think differently. No, the years which had destroyed her youth and bloom had only given him a more glowing, manly, open look, in no respect lessening his personal advantages. Like, what she's talking about is women don't aren't allowed to age, but men become... <laughs> and also, it's, I mean, but also would... he's, he's been at sea for 10 years. He yeah. will look like an old piece of leather by now. He <laughs> would... Well, between the lines of this is he got money now. He got. Oh, do you think I? Yes. Re- do you know what I read? I is read he's so as- attractive because he's rich. No, no. He's I so don't think so. No, I, she, I read she's got a nice who, tan. Her, he's, you know, her self-esteem is on the floor. So even though she is obviously clearly from everyone's description a lovely, nice, genteel woman, great to have around, I think Anne thinks she's a piece of shit, and I think that's connected huh. to her teenage grief and her family controlling her. If you grow up in a family where they basically ignore you, um, Jane, I'm writing about you, Karen. <laughs> 
because I think that just became a little bit too autobiographical. Look, if her big brother was like really loud <laughs> and like way funnier, and she had to develop, look, there's a bit where she goes to an improv class. Let me find out. <laughs> yes, I, we are. This is the beauty of Jane Austen. You can, mm. everyone can put herself on it. So why do you think it's all for the money then, Sarah? <laughs> Bec- because what's really exciting about Jane Austen is finding human truths in her now, all these years later. But there's this other side, which is there are so many things that you sort of have to look over, which is the fact that this is a love story because he's rich. And I don't enjoy that. Oh, do you think? It's otherwise it's not a love story. It's in, it's another tragedy. <laughs> but there, but they found the worth in each other when he was poor. Yeah, the she liked that, him before I mean, he was famous. There, there is always, well, that's kind of it. There yes. is always for women in these books a sense of yes. where is the security going yes. to come from? Because yes. you don't want a sofa sofa for the rest of your life. No. It's precarious. And yeah. you have nothing else. I mean... If, you, if you're born into a certain class, yeah. there's nothing else you can do. Exactly. Obviously, Jane Austen wrote. Yeah, so and even that hadn't rare. earned her huge amounts of money. No. By the ten pounds, her first publishing. Yeah. By yeah. the time, by the time she this could have happened. got some mascara for that. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. brilliant thing about this one and it's why I think it's a lot of people Austin fans favourite yes, Austin yeah yeah is she has yeah, had yeah it is because it's so rich compared she had yeah she had this love <clears throat> it was taken away from her this sort of terrible wound was inflicted on her which then sort of was cauterized, healed over and then he comes back and it's as though yes, the thing starts yes. it starts tingling again and, she thinks and she's oh. going to watch him marry someone else actually yeah lot, one of these flighty of the book. Musgroves for a lot of the book the, it's yeah. is these it um, Musgroves Louisa and Louisa and Henrietta, Henrietta Musgrove who are the, the sort of they're her in-laws aren't they and they're and lovely, girls. lovely girls they're lovely girls they're but right. they're a bit they're a bit, <laughs> a bit kind annoying. of they're a bit like Charles Musgrove. They don't really read very much. They're not. They don't. They don't have a life of the mind in the way that Austin. They like dancing. Them. Yeah, they like going to dances. Yeah. I mean, you know. And they're young. Yeah. They're young and flighty. Exactly. They're I not. They're not everyone's having... within a decade of each other. Here. That's <laughs> yeah, a crazy yeah. thing. Well, she. To be fair, she's twenty-eight, and they are. They definitely come across as they're like about 18. 18, 20. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of them's already betrothed to a neighbour anyway. Which Mary Musgrove is hilarious. <laughs> she is so funny about how much she hates the one she's. Got. Oh, this well, awful the, the surname Hater is a bit heavy. Is as he well. the Reverend? The Reverend Hater. Oh yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, name. yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, but yeah, that I just and there is this amazing poignant moment where. She he Wentworth writes her a note, and this is this is yes. her, this is the conclusion of the Again, book. Again, so like to look Pride away and Prejudice, now. when you have the note from Darcy, she does like her letters to cause the plots to change. Yeah. yeah, and he he writes her this note saying, "Look, I I am half hope, half agony. Mm. You know, you pierce my soul. Please tell me if you feel remotely the same yeah. way." And it's you know, so it's as, an a, as a writer, moment. I'm going to ask yeah. you about this letter writing because when I got to that section of the book, mm. I felt like she, as an author, couldn't show me what she needed to. You know, like in the films, the TV adaptations, they oh, have yeah, incredible they, actors. And they do the looks at everybody. The looks that mm. you can project onto. Yeah. And then they play those moments beat by beat with music, which oh, is so yeah, atmospheric. Yeah. And a writer only has words. Yeah. <laughs> and it sucks. And, 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 and you can't have a character being interrupted or him stumbling or being shy. So she has to write those letters because she has to give them essentially a monologue. Yeah. I think that's it's a, it's a good narrative device, isn't it? It really oh, allows it, yeah. them to... It works. It works in Pride and Prejudice. We do it in Ostentatious. Yeah. And she then sort of glosses over the walk they have afterwards. Well, don't they immediately bump into someone? Yes. They immediately yes. Bump, and they yeah, have to not yeah. say anything. And it's one of the, it is very funny when you read it. They just this is the 
the emotional climax of both their lives has yeah. just happened. And yeah. then they bump into someone and they have to not talk about it. It's yeah. He's very jolly. It's some <laughs> really admiral it in felt, the party. But it yeah. felt like it was in a moment that she was so desperate to want, she still couldn't actually visualise it happening. I think it's yeah. that it's... Well, it's I, felt, I felt it was skimmed over. You, th- you oh, think I, she cheated and copped out? Yeah, you think I, she did letter. <laughs> I, I, I you think, think she did the, it was all a dream. <laughs> but I think it's, it's such a it's such a literacy-based society. One of the main occupations of the evenings was reading to each other. Yeah. So I think it, as a pure expression of someone's inmost heart, they do, you, when you write a letter, you do have the chance to set down your feelings and also, as best you can at the time you couldn't really do looks there's people all around the shack like that's not ladylike like i think people could look at each other no it wasn't allowed and prince regent <laughs> outlawed it in 1819 well, so just to flip back because we mentioned the prince regent she was made to dedicate one of her books yes to she, she hated him she was not a fan uh, of prince regent it was emma or mansfield Park? i think it's yes. emma isn't it? i think well, i think it's yeah. emma but um so but she didn't like him I d- he was not popular with anyone oh really he was a very yeah. overweight, a fun, fun guy. vain, spent all the money. But Regent's Park. <laughs> I don't think they were so into that. I think a lot of London was green. So they didn't <laughs> need another patch. It wasn't like, thank God we've got this. Okay. No, he was not a popular figure at all. Mm. At all. And King at, the, George, at the beginning? No, still not then? No, because he was considered like, it was a tragedy. Like the, the king is, is being handed over to this idiot son. Mm. It's Blackadder, basically. Like that's okay. that's the truth that he was... Not, not. Pop. I think he, as he got older, I think he was slightly more respected. But there's definitely a tone of like that he hadn't supported the navy properly. He spent, he gambled, he was yeah. having affairs. Okay. He wasn't a proper man, like as in proper. Sounds proper to me. <laughs> <laughs> While we're talking about men, yes, I want to talk about the incredible section at the end where she discusses men versus women. Yes. Just mm. suddenly we have this absolutely fucking brilliant conversation. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, they'll always stick a bit of feminism in there, won't they? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> having I mean, a nice time, enjoying a love story. They're just having this conversation. And it's her and Captain Benwick, um, who has sort of, we thought he liked her, but then he's gone off with someone else. But she was very kind to him. They both like reading. Yeah. So we know in Austin world, he's a good, he's a good yeah. person. And, um, well, actually, what I loved about what happened with her is so he's very recently, seven months ago, lost the love of his life. So he's grieving. And so she's saying, don't read those long, sad poems. Here's some recommendations, which is a bit like the school of life. With yeah, sort yeah. Of books yes. as therapy. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah at certain points in your life, books can be very, very helpful. And oh, is this who I'm talking No, it's Catherine, Captain Harville. Oh, that's the other captain is she talking to. Yeah. I think, yeah, sorry, apologies. It's Captain Harville, and they're discussing Captain Benwick, who was grieving for Captain Harville's sister, but now has met someone else and is, is very happy. And there's a little bit of, as ever, with grief, everyone's a bit critical. Did he move on too soon? Mm. Is is it true love if he'd, you can get, get over it? He'd get some tweets now. He'd get some tweets, yeah. Is it true love if you can get over it? And and Captain Harville is saying a woman wouldn't have done that, a woman wouldn't have moved on, and my sister would have been true. And they have this man versus women conversation. And the bit that oh, just I almost clapped is... Um, they're talking and, and, you know, about men versus women, basically. And Captain Harville starts saying, you know, he basically says, well, look, songs and proverbs all talk of women's fickleness. But perhaps you will say these were all written by men. So they're having a very sort of mm-hmm, lovely conversation. And she mm. says, um, perhaps I shall. Yes, yes. No reference to examples in books. Men have had every advantage of us in telling their own story. Education has been theirs in so much higher a degree. The pen has been in their hands. I will not allow books to prove anything. From a writer mm. saying like, no, like a female writer at that time being like, don't, it's such a modern argument. Like, don't come to me with your, oh yeah, but it's always been like, like there's loads of examples of women doing that. And her being like, no, because you've always been telling the story. The pen has always been in your hand. Mm. That's incredible. Slip that in your I novel. Know, it's incredible because the argument he uses beforehand is that men have stronger feelings because they have yes. stronger bodies. <laughs> so our bodies are strong, our feelings QED. are strong. Yeah. Which Andy, I know you're, you still follow that yeah 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 i mean it's part of the reason i exercise is to try and strengthen my feelings <laughs> how strong is your your sadness strong. <laughs> it's really, it's it's really strong. not that strong actually <laughs> can i give you another just a, a bit from the other end of the novel i know some of the characters are caricatures yes. walter elliott among them and to a certain extent elizabeth who's yes. Anne's el- older Elder sister, sister. And who is really a personality-wise a carbon copy of her father. She's good-looking, quite icy and quite aloof and has never really been a, a true friend to Anne in the and way she deserves. only cares about so, so where she, she fits yeah, in status-wise. Exactly. Even then, you will get these moments that of really piercing humanity that Austen just, mm. just casually throws in. You know, So 
it's she's writing about uh, Elizabeth, about the family, about her Elizabeth's awkward flirtation with her cousin, Mr. Elliot, in an attempt to keep the name and the money in the family, which hasn't worked out. So here we go. Such were Elizabeth Elliot's sentiments and sensations. Such the cares to alloy, the agitations to vary, the sameness and the elegance, the prosperity and the nothingness of her scene of life. Mm. And it's just... She's so damning. This is why this, is why this character has, is, is pretty cold, because she has prosperity and nothingness. She hasn't been made fully human by her whole life history. And it's Anne's, like Anne slash Jane Austen's ability to see people. It's like she sees yeah. through people. That sometimes makes her very, very funny because she can see what someone is really doing when they're trying yeah. to be polite or yeah. they're trying to be funny. <laughs> but she can also see, I feel like she pinpoints people's sadness very, very clearly in a way that you can in a novel that you, like you said, yeah. that, you know, in a film and all the adaptations, even though I think romance is often stronger than adaptations, the subtle inward life is lost. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I would say though, this is, if we're going back to describe Jane Austen as a comedian, <laughs> I do think it's very one note. I think Ooh, just one star if you're a comedian. No, no, it's, no, it's, not, no, no, it's not one star. You're talking about one of the greats here. No, when, when you get... We both just like... If you are summarising oh, a whole God. human being in a sentence... Yeah. I, well, I think comedian's not fair. People, like it's not people, are, people are a whole spectrum. Yeah. Even her... I think ca- they are caricatures. I think she's very good at so observation. She, she, she is the mouth... She is the, has the microphone. So she's able to say whatever she wants about them and drop the mic. But at the, this isn't is, that stand-up? But that's, <laughs> like, isn't but, that how stand-up works? That's what I mean. In order to be funny... With her central characters, she allows complexity. And with yeah. those ones that you said, sort of outer circle, she doesn't have to. But that, no, I, I mean, that description mm. of Elizabeth, I mm. think, is yeah. a brief, full insight into a whole life, which she doesn't have the, the pages to, to mm. do a, a novel about Elizabeth Elliot. But she'll say, and this is the real core of this person, by the way, just so you know, bang. And then mm. you can have comedy about that person later on. But I think... I think completely the right. Yeah. <laughs> really, my hackles yes. are all up yes. now. <laughs> I know what you mean by one. I do know what you mean, but I think, I think she's not. She's interested in characters and mm. interested in people, and her, she's constantly observing. And the humor comes from observation of characters talking and how people interact. She's not particularly interested in like funny situations or mm. like you know funny things happening or funny things people say she's interested in listening too hard mm. to how people talk and what mm. they really mean and actually i see <clears throat> i see what you mean in the one note sense because she is painting on a really small canvas mm. and it's a it's a very very intricate <clears throat> painting but as ex- exactly that the events in austin's novel pretty pretty yes. few and far between yes. someone yeah. falls off a cob here i know she, lo- she, she loves someone, a light yeah. injury or a cold oh, she loves she? a letter a debilitating she loves cold. A light injury, yeah. cold falling and, and bang that, your head that was the stuff of life yeah particularly if you weren't engaged in fighting the napoleonic wars <laughs> because of your sex and yes. so yeah so that so that's the canvas and yet on that she's she's painted with such intricacy one of the amazing things at her house actually when i visited i got to see the table that oh, she yes, wrote her novels yes. on it's tiny isn't it it's the size of a big saucepan it's so many they had it at the British Museum for a while, yeah. and it just made you. It, it was like this uh, symbolic of how little room, yeah, <laughs> how little space a woman could take up. Yeah, that, it's like it's honestly yeah. like if you went to see a, a guitar owned by Eric Clapton and it had one string. <laughs> how have you done that? <laughs> it's extraordinary. There's a, a reflection right at the end when we're sort of saying goodbye to the characters. Mm. Um, so Mrs. Clay. Has, He's um, been sniffing around Sir Walter. Freckles dodgy. Yeah, yeah. freckles dodgy, little funny tooth, um, oh, snaggle yeah, tooth. Truth. She's had to go, she's gone to London now with Mr. Elliot. She's been sort of oh, yes, manipulated that, that way. Oh, that way. But, but she's missed by the father and Elizabeth yeah. because, and as Jane Austen says, it's only fun, because you know, they've got the very rich cousins, it's only fun sort of following someone around if someone is following you around. <laughs> yeah, 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 you. Yeah. And that feels, I mean, I, again, I still think it's one, because we only hear negative things about them. I think this is the thing, when I say, in this book... You are going to get cancelled by the Austen Society. <laughs> in this book, when Jane Austen wants me to think a character is brilliant, like Captain Wentworth, mm. she will give me an example of him, you know, letting a woman sit down because she's tired and I'm supposed to lose my mind. <laughs> and then when she thinks a character is bad, I, she'll say something which, again, just feels very human and that humans can have both things in them. They can sometimes think their sore throat is worse than everyone else's, but they can have redeeming 
But I think she does well. that. Do you, you think, think so? she does? Yeah. What's that's redeeming what about saying. what's redeeming about the dad and the daughter and her sister? Is well, that's what that like Elizabeth that quote from Elizabeth yeah. at the beginning. You, like she has nothing in her soul. It's basically what Anne's saying. That's not redeeming. No, no, no. Oh, no, no but it's, sorry, it's sorry. seeing it's seeing how people got the way they are, and I think yes. that is yeah. that is a really core element of you know to understand all this yes. to forgive all it's, the, it's that which Austin does so well and when you read Austin's contemporary authors mm. no oh my one was God. doing anything of oh, the kind okay. you read people like Fanny Burney uh, who, who wrote Evelina and a number of others okay but her name is Fanny Burney I know, and I've just heard I that know. she existed some, so of course she's bitter and upset or even the Samuel Richardson who well, Pamela, know, yes. Clarissa did, who yeah. did less yeah. in 1500 pages than Austin did in 200 yes yes no know. this is yeah. true I know what you mean. I think, I think, so, you know, with all authors, if you love them, you forgive them for lots of things. And there's definitely times when she'll do something that I'm a bit like, oh, what? And then I'm like, I don't care. I want Captain yeah. Wentworth. It's, to it's more that I was sometimes going, okay, Jane, good character. Okay, bad character. Okay, I see. Rather than, I mean, what's sometimes really pleasurable, and it is a much more modern thing, is bad characters doing redeeming things. And, you know, or, yeah, or people, I think people it, having I more think complexity. She is painting in a palette we don't have. And I think when she does that, it's really subtle. And I'm only, I can only think at the moment of Pride and Prejudice, but like, you know, Mr. Collins is an absolute comic cameo, but she mm. gives him this absolute poignancy and pain yes. that his boss hates mm. him and thinks is irritating. And every time you're laughing, you then think, oh God, like I actually feel sorry for him and I want him to go away because it's so painful. And I think she, the way she does those characters, mm. I think what you're saying, it sounds a bit, yeah, maybe a bit modern judging. of So, like, with, so she, with Anne? Yeah. Little Miss Prissy Perfect. <laughs> she said the knives are out now. So she goes to visit a friend, three years older, an ancient 31-year-old Miss Smith who's mm-hmm. been you know, oh, disabled yes. by yeah, a cold. Yeah, that was a bit hilarious, the Miss Smith story. And beca- <laughs> because, of the, because of, you know, everyone's like, why are you going to see that person? They've got no rank or status. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you know, loyalty. And then, and then because of that character, she finds out all of this stuff about Elliot. Yeah, and actually, it saved, Elliot. saves her bacon. It yeah. saves her potentially marrying a the very wrong person. Wrong person. Yeah. Yeah. And then the narrator tells us, like, see, that's why you talk to common people, because sometimes they've got some gossip. And it's at moments like that where I'm like, it's, people aren't that black but and white. But that's yeah. why I, I think Anne is flawed. Right. Because I think Anne says to everyone, I'm doing it out of loyalty. And there's a bit of her that feels smug. And that's but, why but I think that's, that's because, an interesting... But I do think that makes Anne an interesting but character. But because the people around her are saying, don't go and visit this person, she's got nothing to offer us socially. Yeah, and, true. And, and, but and, also... And the, the, what we're... Like Bath in the early 19th yes, century, yeah. this is Mean Girls. It is... Yeah, yeah. That's how society is functioning because it, that's those are the metrics. And those are the metrics that but people like Wentworth are challenging. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anne definitely gets her internal status from not being her sisters or her father. That is true. And she's yeah. a little dare we say it, a little smug not to be them. And sometimes I was like, look, you know what? Yes, they're awful, but they are playing the game that exists. Whereas Anne is very like, well, I'm not going to play that game. And you're, sometimes you're like, Anne, you might need to fucking play that also, game. Also, it's very easy to be, I'm not going to play that game if you're immensely privileged. Well, hang on. We <laughs> seem to be recasting Anne Elliot, one of my favourite women in fiction, as basically a, a, a spoiled, smug... Privilege um, doesn't have to be privilege. spoiled. I think the, the narrative I think, doesn't I think we find this more interesting than... Anne is this perfect, wonderful one who's just walking around Bath being lovely. Like, that's a boring Austen character to me. And that's what I thought, a bit more persuasion of like, oh, she's really lovely and everyone's mean to her. And I reread it and was like, no, Anne has got layers. Anne mm. is pride, prideful. Anne is smug sometimes. She's very like, confident. She's very like, like, he looked at me. I can see he likes me. Twice or three times, she she absolutely is assured. Oh, okay, he does have feelings. Yeah. So I thought she seemed quite and confident. I think, that, I think that's good writing. I think if mm. she was just... Oh goodness, my family are awful. Then we're reading Mansfield Park. Then we're reading Mansfield Park. Price, yeah. who, is, who is the least and that's why enjoyable I of Austin's love heroines? And Elliot, because yeah. I think sometimes she, you know, sometimes you see her father's pride in her, mm. but just in a different way. That she's proud that she goes and visits common people. That doesn't like it's still a bit mm, okay. But, but then it's the narrator who tells mm. us that even some people who just have proper jobs do have value because they've got good characters. Yeah. The narrator is. I think she's always joking though. Mm. Oh, really? she's, uh, yeah, there's the, the, very often there's a good old layer of irony on top of oh, it. Oh, I see. Yes, I yeah, definitely yeah. think that often it's it's with a raised eyebrow. She'll muck around. Yeah. Okay. You can't yeah. trust her. <laughs> <laughs> we 
are coming to the end of such a good chat about persuasion. So um, I actually thought what we could do for an ending, yeah. you don't have to read the whole thing, but because we have a man, oh, yes. Andy, um, I thought if you could read a little bit of this letter. that because, yeah. because, oh, yeah, because it's just went wrong. It's so fantastic. So if you it's want gorgeous. to, if you could read it up to understood my wishes, let's have a lovely chunk of someone declaring yeah. their love. All right. And he's he writes the letter and then he leaves the room. He's in the room with her. She's talking yes. to someone he's else. She's scribbling. He's scribbling away. She can see him writing. And then he writes, he goes out. She rips he's it left open. Us behind. Her eyes are devouring I'll, I'll be Anne, you be the man. Oh, it's very nice talking to you. I don't know what's happening over there at all. Scribble, scribble, scribble. She goes to the very spot where he had leaned and written. He's written. I can no longer listen in silence. I must speak to you by such means as are within my reach. You pierce my soul. I am half agony, half hope. Tell me not that I am too late, that such precious feelings are gone forever. I offer myself to you again with a heart even more your own than when you almost broke it eight and a half years ago. Dare not say that man forgets sooner than woman, that his love has an earlier death. I have loved none but you. Unjust I may have been, weak and resentful I have been, but never inconstant. You alone have brought me to Bath. For you alone I think and plan. Have you not seen this? Can you fail to have understood my wishes? Oh, come on, Sarah. That is pure. That's not about his money. I never said <laughs> it wasn't also one. I also think it's a fantasy. I think that yeah. is a form of yeah. love that we all fantasize someone oh, who one day good. feel about us uh, because they've seen us across a drawing room. And he makes his living capturing sh- French ships and taking all the treasure <laughs> off. <laughs> you fancy him. I do. I fancy him. And Sarah, actually, Sarah would. But, and also, but also the ending is about how, you know, it's really great being uh, married to the Navy. Unless you go to war, they're probably going to get hurt. Okay, good luck, everyone. <laughs> Andy, thank you so much for oh, Thank you so thank much. Thank you. What a treat. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Weirdos Book Club. You can find Andrew on Twitter at AndrewHunterM. And his books, The Last Day and The Sanctuary, are available to buy now. And his new book, A Beginner's Guide to Breaking and Entering, is available for pre-order now. Next week's book guest is YN by Esther Yee. Sarah's novel, Weirdo, is available to buy now. And so is my book, You Are Not Alone, both available in shops that stock books. Thank Thank you you for reading reading with us. We We like reading with you. you. Lucy Beaumont. And guess what? I'm Sam Campbell. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might enjoy our podcast. It's called Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains. It, we have a podcast and uh, it might be, I, I probably don't want to sound, um, you know, like I'm bragging, but it's dynamite. It is electric. It's high voltage. And please, we really need you to listen. You don't understand how much we need this. Is it on all the platforms? Oh, it absolutely is. But um, yeah, we, th- this one is coming. This one's out now. Lucy and Sam's Perfect Brains.